Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Now new and improved with an extra zesty hint of citrus fruit. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you pre-recorded for the last time ever from uh, the state of North Carolina. Yeah, this is the final show that is being produced in North Carolina. Uh, More about that in a minute. But on this week's episode, we have a Ask the Pipe Maker with Jeff Grasick. My guest is Steph Kane of the Steph and Skip Kane Show on YouTube, and we get the uh, ladies' point of view of pipe smoking, and this one's got a twist in it that you got to listen to. Uh, Music, a uh, modified mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, just for a little bit of history, uh, there's been some parts of the show that has been recorded you know, on location at pipe shows and stuff like that, uh, you know, when I've been out and around or at trade shows. Uh, there's only been, to uh, to the best of my memory, uh, two shows that were recorded and edited and put together outside of the state of North Carolina. Uh, there was two times, I believe, where I was traveling or working in, in Richmond, and I brought the basic microphone and stuff with me and uh, did the show in my hotel room so this is the last one ever in the state of north carolina Uh, i do have uh, so i pre-record a lot of the interviews i try to batch record stuff in advance so i do have one more interview recorded that was done here in north carolina and then uh, you'll hear that next week when uh, when we also hear the first show from the new recording studio built in my house (laughs) just outside of uh Orlando, Florida. So I'll have to change the intro, see if I don't screw that up. All right. And uh, just a reminder, iTunes ratings and reviews, much appreciated. We greatly appreciate those and uh, those uh, Spotify ratings too, because while we're, uh, while we're watching the movers pack, I'm going to be downloading the Spotify app and uh, doing a bunch of screenshots of all the Spotify questions and answers. So, all right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. For you, dear. Say, my favorite pipe tobacco. Why that swell? I haven't seen this for years. Wherever did you find it? On tidbits.com, of course. You mean the Pipe Collectors Auction site? Yes, that's right. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories, too, you know. You don't say. I can buy all those things on tidbits.com? That's right. But you can also sell some of those pipes and tobaccos you don't smoke anymore, too, dear. Perhaps you're trying to tell me something. Visit tinbids.com, the Pipe Collector's auction site. We have arrived at 155. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been authentically crafting corncob pipes continually for 155 years. To celebrate, we're hosting a 155th anniversary celebration on Saturday, September 28, 2024. There will be ticketed working plant tours, an exhibit on the corncob pipe industry by Skillet Fork Pipe Museum, a live podcast of The Gray Woody Show, 
a smoking tent for your enjoyment, and so much more. The 155th anniversary celebration will be held in conjunction with downtown Washington's Fall Festival of the Arts and Crafts with food, beverages, live music, and over a hundred vendors. Visit our Facebook page at Cool Smoking Pipes for fun event updates and more information. Missouri Meerschaum Company, since 1869. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us for Pipe Parts is the pipe maker named Jay Allen. That's J. Allen, but his real name is Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Brian. Good to be back. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you ready for your question? Yeah, hit me. Ben asks I'd recently heard from more than one source pipes with plateau are made from the best part of the briar. Then I posed the question to a well-known artisan pipe maker, and he said that was a myth, and the whole block has the potential to be good. Could come from any part. What are your thoughts? Is this a contra is this a controversial subject? I tried to make that sound British. Is this a controversy? Um, what do you think? Controversy. Yes. Is this a controversy amongst the amongst the fine pipe makers of the Jay Allen brand? Uh, well, Ben, that's a good question. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion out there uh, or a lot of um, curiosity out there about what what these terms mean, um, you know, when we're talking about briar blocks. So I, when he's talking about plateau, my assumption is he's talking about like the uh, the texturing, the bark area of yeah. the outside. So like on the top of the bowl, you might see like on a, on a, a 1970s era um, uh, uh, Danish freehand shape is yeah. that that's what he's referring to yeah or sometimes you'll see a pipe maker that makes a bent shape and on the bottom they'll will leave some mm -hmm. of the plateau there and you'll see a little yeah it looks like, like a, or an upside down mohawk yeah it looks like little unfinished spots or something it irritates the piss out yeah of you, but go ahead right right that's <laughs> the that's the outside of the outside of the of the burl yeah so uh it's it, it is a good question because a lot of people don't really kind of understand you know what the 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 mapping the layout uh of of uh, a briar burl looks like so if you think about it it's it's basically we, we call it a root burl it it is something that grows just under the surface of the soil between the the trunk and the root structure of the erica arborea shrub it, it's basically this, a place for water to be reserved when water comes to that area because water doesn't come to that area mm -hmm. frequently. So the plant, yeah, has, yeah, yeah, the plant mm -hmm. has a little gourd reservoir underneath it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, as as they age, they get bigger and bigger, and that's where these growth rings come from that uh, we sandblast away. So the um, the plateau, like plateau, is something that we use to refer to you know not only the the exterior um, that you're referring to, and I think the question is referring to, but it could also refer to that that type of block, a plateau block of briar. And for anybody who's seen a block of briar before, you'll see a half moon or a half a half moon um, <laughs> shape of uh, of material that has like a dark bark area on one of the surfaces. Yeah. And that's commonly referred to as a plateau block as well. And 
Alternatively, you have what's called an Ebishon block. An Ebishon block is one that is typically a, a cross-cut block. So that means if you look at the side of a plateau block, you'll see the straight grain. If you look at the side of an Ebishon block, you'll see bird's eye. Okay. Um, Ebishons can also refer to uh, shapes that are very specific in dimensions that are used. Uh, they're, they're actually factory numbers assigned to them that briar cutters would cut. And... Um, a, a factory would say, well, I need a thousand R2 shapes. And that that's because they had a, they have a, a, a design that fits inside that block. Um, so that's, that's just a little bit of background there. So to the question of like, is, is there a quality difference between Plateau and Evachon? Um, that's, that is a good question because it's one that I had when I first started out as well. Like my assumption was that Plateau Plateau was great, and Ebishons were like secondary quality. And uh, right. Brian, have you heard that before? I have heard that Plateau cost more, yeah, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. that, and that the Plateau block is you know where you get the fine ends of the grain coming out, and the grain is going to be straighter, and it's going to be more magical, and and your tobacco is going to have little pixies and fairies puff out of it as you smoke it mm -hmm. in that pipe. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, it, Here's here's uh, just just to quickly answer the question. Uh, question. It's it's nonsense. <laughs> good briar is good briar. Beautiful briar is beautiful briar. Yeah. You are more likely to get higher quality uh, uh, briar, like in terms of grain, um, away from the middle of the block uh, or the of the burl. But that's about it. It can be anywhere within that area from the middle to the outside. Now the reason that the middle is not good is because that trunk and and root structure has to go has to be somewhere inside that burl, right? Right. And that's that's usually the middle. And then you'll see if you cut a, a block down the middle of uh, you will see or a bur sorry a burl down the middle, you can see the trunk and the root uh, passing through the burl. And, um, and pipe that... makers typically refer to that as branch. Like if you've got a branch in it, that means that you got some of that part. And whoops. Whoops. Uh, and that's, and that's also, I mean, that branch, you'll see it when they, when the briar cutters cut the block, cut the entire mm -hmm. burl, you'll see a little ragged edged inner side part where they cut out that stuff. And that's all wet and nasty and jagged and mm -hmm. probably full of all kinds of cracks and crevices and, uh, and noogies and stuff that gets trimmed off before it gets shipped to you. Cause you're a very picky mm -hmm. pipe maker. I am a picky pipe maker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the middle of the block, the, it doesn't necessarily, at right. least I don't think so. It doesn't necessarily have more flaws or anything in it. Um, but what it does have is no structure. There's like one of the reasons that we love briar as a material for pipe making besides like the smoking qualities is that it is beautiful, right? Yeah. So we want to see that, that pretty grain, whether it's straight grain or cross grain or flame or whatever. Bird's well, eye. If you hit, if you get the middle of the block where it's branch, all you get is uniformity. You get you get no definition. You get meh. It's boring. <laughs> There's nothing to see. And you can't blast it either because it blasts away as meh. So, so it's just not it's not worth using. So thus you have what we used to call the straight grain pipe because in the, in the British, That's all there is. There was one grain that was straight and the rest were all over the place and they would get washed mm -hmm. out. But also, isn't it as you go to, if you get away from the plateau, as you come inside the burl further and further, don't the grains mm -hmm. also get a little tighter and tighter together 
because when yeah you get, they do they fan mm-hmm. out as you're going out because they're basically mm-hmm. structures that are meant to disperse water out into right, the burl right. and store it for later so the further out onto that piece of plateau you could get some fairly wider grain patterns mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah you can i mean it, it, it's like it, it it's tighter as it gets closer to the middle and it's wider as it, as it gets to the outside. It's, uh, you know, I guess it's, I like to describe it as like that the, the grain that we see that we like, is like holding a, a, a bunch of straws in your hand. Yeah. Um, and you could fan them out like that, um, to simulate what, a what it looks like. And they're going to be closer together toward the middle and wider apart at the outside. There I can, you go. Oh, look, you Brian, can do it Brian with pipe cleaners. Pipe cleaners. Yeah, 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 clever, clever guy. That, that that's what Brian's showing on camera, y'all. Uh, uh, it doesn't make for a very good radio demonstration, but no, but w- w- I know what he's I know what he's talking about. But just a little behind so, the scenes, we record this face to face so that we can see we each were, other. Yeah, and occasionally we make faces at each other to try to get each other to laugh <laughs> and stuff. But that's right, that's right. So I I mean, but in terms of smoking quality and sort of like performance of of the pipe, like it really won't have any impact at all, uh, whether you're inside or outside or anything like that. Uh, it, um, that I've had, I've had extraordinarily beautiful, like top tier pipes that have come from Evachon blocks that, um, and, and other ones from plateau. And if you think, um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention with this, essentially a, an Evachon block is just a plateau block on its side. Um, that, uh, the grain is running the opposite direction or it's, it's oriented, you know, 90 degrees differently, but they're coming from the same areas of the block. Um, what we like higher end pipe makers are, are trying to avoid. And, and I would say factories as well is, is that middle part of the block and they cutters yeah. usually don't even sell that. That's, that's what they put under the giant boiling pot uh, <laughs> to, to, uh, to boil the, the briar forest. That's the heat source. So they'll, they'll cut off all that stuff. Or, or they use it in the, in the, uh, in the, I guess it's a factory. They use it in the factory to balance their chairs or prop the doors open when it's too <laughs> right, hot right, yeah. or they, you know, they've got it all over the mm-hmm. place. Cause there's a whole bunch of that left over. But, but I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the basic rule of thumb is that you want the best piece of material. You don't care exactly where it comes from in the burl, but you want, you want the best cut piece of material. And then when a really talented pipe maker gets a hold of a block, whether it be from in the middle or the outside, that really talented pipe maker is going to manipulate that block the best way for the shape of the pipe to make it as pretty as possible. And then charge me as much as possible and make me cry when I have to buy it. Hey, we all have mortgages to pay, Brian. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. So, <laughs> uh, on that note, Jeff, thank you very much, Ben. Thanks for the question. Thank you. And we'll be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. 
Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us, this is, this is going to be fun. I'm so excited because it's a lady's point of view, but... Half of the uh, Skip and Steph Kane show from YouTube, uh, the much prettier, much more intelligent, much better to look at, much nicer to talk to half. Steph Kane, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thanks, Brian. I'm, I'm kind of thrilled to be here. I, I don't feel all that special, but you made me feel super special having me on. So thank you. Yeah, so let let's get to know you and get your your superhero origin story. Um, where did you grow up, and when how when did you start smoking a pipe? How did pipe smoking kind of come into your life? Okay, let's see. Um, I grew up in El Paso, Texas, mostly, and in southern New Mexico. My parents were were divorced, so I lived with my dad part time in El Paso, and sometimes with my mom in Artesia, New Mexico. Um. I was a closet cigarette smoker for a really long time. <laughs> and by closet, I mean, I wasn't allowed to be smoking. My mom was Jehovah's Witness, so I had to hide my smoking from her. And with my dad, I, I started stealing his Marlboro Reds. caught. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he and my Nana, well, my grandfather was Army and my dad was Air Force. So we were able to uh, shop on base. And so my Nana would always buy me cigarettes, cartons of cigarettes for Christmas um, as a teenager. <laughs> and um, that was in the 80s and 90s. And I, I graduated early 90s. But um, in the 90s, some friends of mine and I saw some corncob pipes for sale at like a Walmart. Yeah. And we bought them to try to try them out. But we had no idea what we were doing. And um, I was at that point rolling drum tobacco. Okay. And so we used the drum in the corn cobs, and that was just not, we didn't know what we were doing. I inhaled. It was the same thing when I first tried a cigar around the same period. I inhaled and turned green. <laughs> yeah. So um, I kind of didn't try again for a really long time. Um, I was back and forth, non-smoker, smoker, non-smoker non for many, many years. And um, back in twenty. I want to say 15 or 16, um, I started watching um, The Peachies 13, Anna and Martin, on YouTube, and Mutton Chops and a whole bunch of other people. But Anna and I went to middle school and high school together in El Paso, and she and her husband, Martin, were, are in England. And I started talking to them about pipes, and they were telling me what kind of tobaccos to try and how to load a pipe. So I started watching all kinds of different channels and getting into it. So about 20, early 2017, I bought um, just a little basket pipe from a local tobacco shop, uh, probably about $25 and bought some very cherry and, you know, aromatics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I uh, learned how to smoke a pipe, kept getting tongue bite like crazy. No, <laughs> and I'm shocked. And I was in, yeah, right. And I <laughs> Then I went, I I was in living in Houston at the time. I moved out in Houston in about uh, 2014. So about 2017, I started smoking um, aromatics. And then 
Christmas of 2017, I got another pipe that was also a basket pipe, but it was carved. It was really pretty. It was mm -hmm. a gift. And um, after that, I was just hooked. I quit smoking aromatics and was trying things like um, just regular Virginias, like um, from the local brick and mortar. Yeah. They were like, well, if you're getting tongue bite, maybe you should try some Virginias or so I was doing a lot of Virginias and throwing some Latakia in it just to give it some kind of flavoring. I don't know, but I really love Latakia. So I'll throw Latakia and stuff that's just plain tobaccos from um, a brick and mortar. That's, and that's right, boys. You just heard it. A lady that loves Latakia. I do. I do. Um, and then uh, Skip and I were neighbors from 2014 to about 2017. And um, he went through a divorce in 2016, and then I went through a divorce in 2017, and um, our kids were friends, and we had a bunch of other couples with kids around the same age, and our kids were friends, and whenever I'd go over for my son to hang out and my daughter to play video games with his kids, his boys, um, we would sit on the patio, and he was still smoking cigarettes, and I would smoke a pipe, so I introduced him to pipe smoking and bought him a cob. <laughs> And then the kids asked us, well, how come you guys don't date? <laughs> so we ended up married, finding <laughs> our families. And that, as they say, is that. That's history right there. <laughs> so I just want you to take note. It's a lady that loves Latakia, introduced her kid's friend's father to pipe smoking, and then ended up marrying him. So, yeah. so this is the non-traditional route of most pipe smokers. You could say that I'm, I'm not that traditional of a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when did that, uh, when did the art side of your life come in? As far as, uh, which, which part of art, the, the crocheting, the sewing, the, the canning, the painting, which yeah. part? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, I learned how to sew when I was nine. It was just a necessity. We, I grew up poor out yeah. in the boondocks of Artesia, New Mexico, outside of town. We were poor. Um, we sewed a lot of clothes for other people and traded a lot growing up. So I learned how to garden, how to can, how to sew around nine. I uh, started crocheting in my early teens. Um, never took an art class. Never thought I was artistic. Started painting in my 30s. And um, now I paint and make flat caps, men's flat caps, yeah. for um, mostly people in the pipe and, and cigar community. I don't really sell to anyone else. Yeah, I, I've seen some of the I've seen some of the paintings, uh, and yeah, so that that's why I asked because I was like, yeah, once again, not exactly your traditional person. I didn't, I learned, um, just by trial and error. Um, I liked watching Bob Ross. It wasn't until years after I started painting that I even attempted to follow a Bob Ross, but it was just, I would watch other people. I would ask people what style they used and, um, they would suggest videos. YouTube has been amazing. I just saw a few things and then tried it and then kind of came up with my own way of doing things. So and Not, do, you, do you think it was your artistic nature that also made you really interested in the pipes and and the textures and the styles and the shapes of them? Um, 
Probably because there are some pipes that I have that are some of my favorites that are really artistic. Like our, we don't buy very many name brand pipes. We do a lot of artisan pipes. Mm -hmm. um, mainly because I think it does go back to my artist side. I appreciate the time and energy that goes into making a piece as an artisan as opposed to something that just comes off a factory line. And I know that in some of the factories, they have artisans that are in there helping, you know, make all the stuff or design the pipes. But to me, it just feels like a richer experience, I guess. Yeah. If it's an artisan pipe, especially if I've met the artisan. And I don't know if that's a good explanation. <laughs> no, it's your it's your explanation and it's perfect. Uh, when you when you're looking at a pipe, are you kind of looking at the lines and looking at the shape and the and the stylings of it more than? You know, are you are you intrigued by colors? What kind of catches your eye? Um, size. I like smaller pipes, daintier, mm -hmm. feminine looking pipes. Um, I don't have a huge feminine side that I've uh, developed very well um, until recent years. Um, I've always been kind of a tomboy, so. When I paint, I like to paint miniature paintings. When I smoke a pipe, I like it to be a smaller pipe, something that fits in my hand that I can clench in my teeth and it's not going to hurt my teeth. Um, so the size is the first thing. Um, there have been pipes I bought solely on the shape. There are pipes I bought just because of color. I've been gifted some amazing pipes, cobs that my friend Tina, she's one of the yeah. divas, she painted a pipe for me that I absolutely love smoking. But I think size is the first thing, most definitely. And then um, who made it, um, wh whether it's within my budget or not, because <laughs> yeah. there have been some pipes that I have just absolutely loved, but understandingly that the artisan has to charge a lot, especially mm -hmm. if it took you know hundreds of hours to create even, you know, tens of hours to create. It's it's a lot of their own time. So it's it's difficult because I want to support them and I love sometimes the, the way a pipe looks, like if it's designed well or if it has like um, really good texture, it feels good in my hand. But if it's out of my price range, Skip will say, go, go ahead and get it. But then I feel bad. Like being <laughs> a mom, I, I don't yeah. like to spend money on myself. I'd rather him go spend money on himself <laughs> or the kids. Well, and it's that old canning and canning and sewing and crafter in you that says, yeah, uh, but, it, but at the same time, it's also okay to get a chance to either see these pipes in person or see them online and still appreciate them without saying, you know, I can't, I can't own it, but I can still look at it and really appreciate what happened. Oh, absolutely. Posting pictures of pipes that are just phenomenally made and just beautiful. I, I'm I'm really upset with myself because there was this uh, really big pipe. I can't. I'm, Skip's not here to remind me the name. He's a lot better at names. It was a name brand pipe, and it had like they had put like old 1920s to 40s magazine ads on the outside of a pipe, and it was huge. I would not wow. have ever gotten a big pipe like that. But I'm I'm upset that this one giant pipe I didn't buy because it was very very much me 1920s to 40s style yeah. of ads like um on the outside of the pipe it was really cool looking i probably would have had it as a showpiece as opposed to smoking it very often yep but um 
there's those times where you just like, oh, I see this pipe. I really liked it. And even if it was in my budget, I'm like, oh, it's too big for me. I should still just get it. Because <laughs> I... then one day you might regret not getting it. I have a, a giant. I, I have a. I have a similar story with a very giant, thirty-six inch long. It was a Meerschaum pipe that was actually a horse. Uh, it was a team of horses pulling a carriage, and it was all made out of Meerschaum. Wow! And it was like five to seven hundred dollars, and that and that was a huge spend at that point. And I just remember thinking I'd never smoke it, but God, I'd love looking at it all the time. So yeah, same story. Um, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, I want to talk about the Pipe Divas and the YouTube channel more. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new, innovative series. Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, half of the Stefan, uh, the Skip and Steph show. Is it, uh, it's Steph and Skip on YouTube? So Steph look and it up. Skip Kane, yeah. Yeah. Because I started the chip. <laughs> yeah, it's S T E P H and Skip Kane, C A I N on YouTube. Uh, go on there, give them a sub. Um, what was the reason for uh, for the origin of the uh, of doing? the youtube channel well um i had reconnected with my friend um, anna from like i'd known her for years and i'd reconnect with her and her and her husband had a pipe channel and i started watching all these other pipe channels and they kind of said you should just do it what 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 do you want to do and i was like huh i guess i could do paintings while smoking a pipe because i don't know enough to do like a taste test or, or, or popping a tin type videos or giving my opinion because I didn't feel knowledgeable enough to give any opinions on what I thought about a, a tobacco or a pipe or how it smoked. So I was like, okay, well, I could just do me painting while smoking a pipe because it was something I liked to do. I would smoke a, a pipe and do a painting or smoke a pipe and um, crochet or something. I usually don't smoke while I'm using fabric unless it's uh -huh. something I'm gifting to another pipe smoker. Yeah. So that's how it started me painting and smoking a pipe while painting and just putting music to it and not really talking much. <laughs> and you, and you guys publish stuff on YouTube is irregularly because of life schedules and stuff. So it's not like a, not like a standard thing, but uh, a lot of it's live, which has to be fun. Cause you really, you do a, you do a wonderful job of interacting with your live audience. Well, thank you. I think um, that started during the the lockdowns with all yeah. the stuff that happened in uh, uh, four years ago. Um, Skip, of course, started doing videos with me, and we would pre-record everything. I, I, I continued to do a few uh, of me painting or you know doing a lunch or here or there 
just showing the, the scenery of the area. But then all that stuff happened and we were all kind of just stuck in our, in our own homes. So we started doing lives. Um, and it was at first it was a regular because he got laid off. My school was closed because um, I'm a retired teacher, if you didn't know. Um, so I was not teaching and everything was closed down for that semester. Uh, we did a few online things and that was pretty much it. So um, Skip and I just started doing a regular live every Saturday. And we actually were, I don't I don't know if you know, Briar TV had for a while a, a TV, um, like a TV guide mm -hmm. for all of the pipe channels that were doing stuff during 20 and 21 and I think he quit doing it in 22 because more people were going back to work and whatnot. Yeah. But Skip and I were actually on the cover of the Valentine's issue for 21. <laughs> so it was really cool. Well, you guys are some of my favorites because you've also opened both Las Vegas International Pipe Shows in the mornings, doing your lives right from the show. And one of my favorite pictures that we've used to promote the show is you guys doing your thing at the table there with the show in the background. So, uh, you know, lo just love the fact that, you know, that you guys are up early and all set up and ready to go and, and it, interacting. It, it was really fun. Um, I appreciate you guys like having that table, which was, if you guys have not been to the, to any show, I'd say go to the Vegas pipe show as your very first show. You will be absolutely enjoy it. We had so much fun and everybody was making fun of us because Instead of having our backs to the wall where we're facing the show, we wanted everyone who couldn't be at the show to see the show behind us. And we didn't know if we were allowed to or not. We're like, we'll just mm -hmm. do it. If they tell us we can't, <laughs> we'll turn back around. But mm -hmm. it was just so much fun to be able to share that experience with people who weren't able to be there. And let, let's talk about the pipe divas. So... <laughs> What 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 are they and what's the entrance requirements? Um, okay, so the Pipe Divas was started by Sally and Silver and Tina and um another another female pipe smoker. I'd have to look on, on the page to see who the original divas were. Um I believe it was four or five female pipe smokers. Mm -hmm. And so anytime another female pipe smoker were to show up on the scene, whether it's doing videos or posting pictures of themselves online or, you know, showing up at other various diva events, um, then that's the only requirement is that you're female and that you smoke a pipe. So <clears throat> and that you've met some of someone from from the divas. I have never brought any divas into the the pipe community or the the diva community. I've never brought any new ones in, but um, they they pretty much are a very very amazing group of ladies that just enjoy tobacco, um, enjoy pipes. We actually have a divas Facebook group where we share our latest um, discoveries, whether it's a tobacco we like or a pipe we've um, found or a pipe somebody else made that we thought maybe somebody in the group would want. Um, a lot of purples and pinks and baby blue pipes. <laughs> so very feminine colors, sometimes large pipes, sometimes small pipes, and then a lot of different, you know, well, hey, you should try this tobacco, you should try that tobacco. I met 
Tina online on Instagram. Uh, she's in Oklahoma, and we met at the Texas Pipe Show in 2021. 20, and Skip wasn't able to go. I went by myself. And then in 22 is when I went to the Vegas Pipe Show, which was when I was actually initiated into the Divas by being invited to the Diva Dinner. The the Diva Dinner and then the Diva uh, I know in, in Vegas we you know one of the one of the rooms on the fourteenth floor becomes the diva meeting spot for one evening. Gentlemen, be afraid. Just stay away from that room during that meeting. They're, they're so amazing. Like these women are from all different walks of life, um, different political backgrounds, different spiritual backgrounds, but our one common thread is that we enjoy laughing and we enjoy smoking pipes and we enjoy different types of tobacco and that's all it takes um it's amazing how this one thing can bring people together because i've met people not just the divas but people from all walks of life speak different languages uh different political backgrounds different um spiritual beliefs and we get along so well and allow for all those differences because we have one thing in common and i think anybody can learn from the tobacco pipe and cigar community, because I think the community at large is very accepting. You have one thing in common. Let's enjoy that thing together. It doesn't matter our differences. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And no, I think I saw last, I think last year in Vegas, I think there was 12 or 14 of you in the, in, in the room on that Saturday night or whenever it was, I was like, I, I ducked by real quick and ran. Um, <laughs> but it was but a, right. they're they're so fun yeah but you're right it is you know it's like anything else any other part of the pipe and tobacco community it's just a it's just a welcoming group and the only requirement is that you be a woman and you actually enjoy smoking a pipe mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to own 12 million pipes uh, no you could have two only or one even and they'll they'll let you join do you get funny looks from uh, from people that see you smoking a pipe? Um, if when Skip and I go to like a patio restaurant somewhere around here, or and I've gone by myself just because I wanted coffee and some appetizers and I'll go sit and read a book and smoke my pipe. Um, I get a lot more people coming up to me and asking me, how did you start this? Where can I, where can I find tobacco? How, how cool? I get a lot more people thinking it's, it's cool or groovy or tight, whatever, whatever <laughs> generation they're from. I have a lot more people um, being positive about it than I, than I have strange looks or negativity. Nobody walks up to you and goes, you, you shouldn't be smoking that. That's nasty. No, I get, I get more negative looks if I smoke a cigarette than if I smoke a pipe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the modern days. Um, how big is your pipe collection right now? Do you know? Yeah, uh, we just counted the other day. Skip has like 53, and I have about 44 pipes. So, so for couples, how does that work? Do, does, do each of you have your own pipe buying budget, or do you now need to uh, spend some time catching up to his pipe collection? What's a budget? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, um, Skip and I, when, when we got together, it was, it was made very clear by both of us that we both have collection issues. Mm -hmm. he, he, he likes his guitars and his vinyls and Godzilla stuff. And 
I like my gnomes and my miniatures and uh, sad to say yarn and fabric that I don't always use. Speaking of Skip, he just got home. Um, but we were both collectors. And when we when he started getting into the um, pipes, he actually started behind me. I had four at that point and he had the Meerschaum I bought him and um, a corn cob that he burnt through. And then now he's ahead of me. We don't we don't budget how much we want to spend if we find something we love. We've given ourselves the freedom to be able to buy things we love by saving money elsewhere. Like I don't go shopping for shoes or clothes very often. I do a lot of thrift store stuff. Yeah. Um, we cook at home. We don't go out to eat very often. Uh, we try to save money where we can so that we can enjoy the things that we enjoy, like pipes and music and what have you. you you've done what I call prioritizing. Um, yes. If Skip gets a pipe that you're kind of interested in, will you pick it up and smoke it and try it and vice versa? Um, yeah, we, we've shared pipes before, but um, for the most part, um, like, I don't know. Okay, well, this isn't a visual interview, but we have a, um, a shelf of pipes and he has a case where all of his absolute favorite pipes are. I don't even mess with them unless he asks me to clean them while he's out of town working, which I'll do. I'll go through and I'll clean all the pipes every few months just to make sure they're all, you know, not too caked up or anything um, and that they'll smoke well. But for the most part, he smokes his pipes and I smoke my pipes. Occasionally, he will steal one that I do not smoke often and then it becomes his pipe. <laughs> Uh-oh. And how do you, do you guys, do you guys share the same tobacco tastes? Um, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm really stuck on Carter Hall. Like I will smoke Eileen's dream. I do like haunted bookshop sometimes so that I don't get tongue bite with Eileen, uh, Eileen's dream. Oh. I'll mix Eileen's dream and haunted bookshop or Eileen's dream with older Krantz. Um, but for the most part, I smoke Carter Hall and Skip likes things that are, that have deer tongue in them, which I love the smell, but I don't necessarily like smoking them. So the room note's great, but I don't like smoking anything with deer tongue in it. That's Skip's thing. If I'm really missing him when he's out of town, I might light up a pipe with his, some of his tobacco on top just so that it'll I'll initially <laughs> get the smell. But I'd much rather just smoke, you know, Virginia's and Burley's. And he 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 now likes Latakia's. And sometimes he'll ha have stuff with Perique in it, but he's... He's got his tastes and I've got mine. And now that he's home and can hear you, are there any funny skip stories of smoking a pipe? Anything silly that he did or. Um, I guess just when he first started smoking, he, he burnt out um, a corn cob because he didn't have it packed properly. And he just kept lighting and lighting and lighting. And it finally just burned. <laughs> it smelled horrible. I was with him when it happened. Smelt horrible. It was all melted looking. So um, that was funny. No, I mean, when we do our lives, he has to wear sunglasses because he can't look in one place. He's looking all over the place, which I find hilarious. So he has to wear his sunglasses because he can't look in one place. And before he had prescription sunglasses, I had to read all the comments because he couldn't see them with his sunglasses. <laughs> so it was like sitting there and having Ray Charles as your co-host. Absolutely. <laughs>
Uh, so the future of the YouTube channel is just to keep going with the same same format and same styles and do them when you can. Well, believe it or not, Skip has his own channel called Parikh Piper Skip, where he occasionally he'll go and he'll do a video, and he has a video series called One That One Time, and he talks about things funny, things that he remembers throughout his life, or things that he experienced with his boys, or. With me or my kids, just funny stories from our lives that he'll do. He'll he'll be swinging a pipe and just tell that story. Those are all pre-recorded. Um, we plan on trying to continue doing our lives on Saturday mornings. Um, when he's in town, we do them together. When he's out of town, it's a lot more difficult for me to get motivated to do them when he's out of town. Yeah. Um, but we're going to continue to try. If he's not working during the day on Saturday, we'll. And he's out of town. We're going to try to continue like we did a couple weeks ago um, where we do kind of the same thing, a Zoom and and just mm-hmm. Zoom meeting and then, you know, broadcast it. But, um, yeah, we're going to try to continue doing the lives. But also we're kind of going to go in a different direction as well since we are planning on retiring in a homestead. We're going to do some of the pre-recorded stuff of us setting up the homestead and getting that started as well. And then, you know, sitting down with the pipe and talking to people about what our plans are for the homestead and what kind of things we've gotten accomplished. And maybe grow your own tobacco out on the homestead. We'll try. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried growing tobacco before and um, was not successful. Houston is so humid some years and so dry other years. And it's so hot in the summer that I uh, everything I've tried to grow thus far has died. So. We will try, but who knows if it'll actually uh, do anything good. There's a reason why tumbleweeds are running wild in Texas. <laughs> um, wh- where can we go see the the artist known as uh, Steph? Where can we find your stuff? How can we reach out to you for art stuff? Um, honestly, I, I don't have a store. Um, I tried Etsy several years ago and it was just too hard to maintain with trying to homeschool the kids. And then I, I still homeschool Bree. She's the last one, uh, the youngest, but the homeschooling and then taking care of the house and, uh, keeping the house clean and cooking and canning and gardening. I just don't have time to maintain a shop. So on Instagram, I'm the underscore piping artist, all one word, underscore Steph with a PH. And um, it's a private, I have it privated. So I have, if you don't, if if somebody is not part of the community and they're a stranger, I won't add them because I've had some issues with stalkers and inappropriate messages. Yes. So if, (laughs) so if someone isn't a part of the community or have other pipe people following them, I won't add them. But if someone does have other pipe people following them, I'll add them. Unless there's inappropriate messaging, then I'll delete them. But I've had some really good interactions with people on Instagram that way. And I probably do about two, three hats a month. And occasionally, maybe a few times a year, I'll get a painting order. But I don't, I, we live off of Skip's income because I'm now retired. Um, And we, I'm, I budget the household, but not our collections. (laughs) So I'm able to no longer have to go outside the house to work. Steph Kane, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I I think so. What is your favorite pipe? 
Oh, oh my goodness. How do you pick one? Yeah. I have a, um, I don't know. My Medicos, I have several of them that I, that I smoke the most often. And what is your favorite Carter Hall tobacco? Carter Hall, plain Carter Hall in a tub. <laughs> what is your favorite drink? Uh, bourbon. And when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? All of the above. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it depends on who's home with you, too. Yes. If Skip's home, we tend to watch movies. If Skip's not home, I tend to read a book. Yeah. And then finally... Music is on almost all the time. Finally, do you have a favorite pipe-smoking-related memory? Oh, goodness. Probably any time we've met a new pipe smoker. Um, Our first Vegas show, we met so many people in in person considering it was our pipe smoking experience. I know it's it's a long winded answer, but we we were separated for so long. We weren't able to go out and do things or meet people. So when we got to go to Vegas in 22, we got to meet people from all over the world that we'd been friends with for four years. So that was a pretty phenomenal time i think check out the youtube channel give them a subscribe over there if you want to see the art you know request to follow the uh piping artist steph steph kane thank you very much for coming on and doing this it's been this has been fun and and keep doing what you're doing thanks for having me brian this was really fun and we'll be back in just a minute hi I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line, to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, you know what? Follow every, you know, follow them on uh, on YouTube. And uh, yeah, thanks again to Steph for joining me. That was that was just a lot of fun, and I I love the fact that the uh, divas are growing and they're getting bigger and stronger, and we need more uh, we need more pipe divas in this uh, in this mostly male hobby of ours. All right, for music, uh, I thought you know what. <laughs> Uh, Bing Crosby is not just for Christmas. And then after having Steph on, this song came out. This this one this one just kind of piqued my interest. Uh, it's Bing Crosby and the Andrew Sisters singing Pistol Packin' Mama. Lay that pistol down, babe, lay that pistol down. Pistol Packin' Mama, lay that pistol down. Oh, drinking beer in a cabaret Was I having fun Until one night she caught me right 
Now I'm on the run. Oh, lay that pistol down, babe. Lay that pistol down. Pistol packing, mama. Lay that pistol down. Oh, I see you every night, Bing, and I'll woo you every day. I'll be your regular mama, and I'll put that gun away. Oh, lay that pistol down, babe. Lay that pistol down. Pistol packing, mama. Lay the thing down before it goes off and hurts somebody. Oh, she kicked out my windshield and she hit me over the head. She cussed and cried and said I'd lied and she wished that I was dead. Oh, lay that pistol down, babe. Lay that pistol down. Pistol packing, mama. Lay that pistol down with three tough gals from deep down Texas way. We got no pals. They don't like the way we play. We're a rough rootin', tootin', shootin' trio, but you're see my sister Cleo. She's a terror, make no error, but there ain't no lassie fair. Here's what we tell her. Lay that pistol down, babe. Lay that pistol down. Pistol baggin' mama. Lay that pistol down. it's Bing Crosby so yeah uh, I think my motto for this year is going to be uh, Bing Crosby is not just for Christmas anymore you've got some mail all right mailbag comments or questions well we don't have anything new to discuss and I'm all caught up on everything that I had laying around so if you have a comment question show suggestion idea complaint criticism compliment you know whatever email it to me brian at pipesmagazine.com B-R-I-A-N at PipesMagazine.com, and I'll get you answered or get it on the show here. Uh, in the meantime, I thought I'd just tell you briefly how I packed my pipes for the travel, because here's what we we're going to have to do. We had to pack up our, you know, our own stuff that we wanted to carry. We had to pack it up a couple days before the movers got here, or a couple days before we left. And then there was a possibility of having to overnight, depending on what time the movers were done. And I don't know how this is all going to play out right now because as I'm recording this, it's actually before the movers get here. And by the time you're hearing it, it's long after the move has been done. So uh, what I did was I took some, uh, you know, I, I try to save as many pipe bags as possible and uh, put, uh, and I, you know, the, the pipe bags that come with each pipe. 
So I put each pipe into the bag and then I took a hard sided carry on suitcase and layered it with t-shirts and put in a layer of pipes and then another layer of t-shirt of t-shirt and then layer of pipes. And I just kept doing that. Now I did keep five pipes out for me, uh, three for easy access for smoking while driving and then two so that I could get to them once we got there. So I've got, uh, I picked out a couple of specific pipes that are sitters because I knew we were going to be in, in the house without a lot of stuff set up right away. Um, I also made sure that I, I pretty much packed like we were going on an eight day trip. So I made sure I had plenty of tobacco, plenty of pipe cleaners, a couple of brand new lighters to take with me. Uh, so it was really just pretty much packing like we we're going for a trip, except with the pipes all being in one hard sided carry on suitcase. And I wanted them in a suitcase like that so that if we had to overnight, I didn't want to leave them sitting in the car because when you travel and you park at a hotel, don't leave anything sitting in a car, just take it all out. So I wanted stuff that was easy to get in and out of the, uh, in and out of the car and bring it in the room. I also didn't want to expose them to a lot of long, cold temperatures. Uh, you know, if it's going to be 40 degrees at night, I don't want the pipes getting that cold. And then when we get in the car and heat it back up again, I didn't want them getting warm and going through that cold and contracting, you know, that like that, especially as dramatic as the weather's been lately. So that's what I did. One carry on case had, uh, most of had my smoking pipes in them. Uh, the Walt Disney world, the Disney pipes, I allowed the movers to pack those into a, into a crate cause I really don't smoke them. So if they go through a, a cool and heat, that's fine. I'm not going to fire them up. Uh, it'll probably be a week or so before I even unpack them out of a box, but you know, let the movers do that. They'll, they'll tissue wrap and bubble wrap everything and pad it all real nicely. Um, so that's it. Yeah. I just took five pipes and a couple tins of tobacco with me and made sure I had a bag of pipe cleaners and made sure I had everything all ready to go. So there you go. All right. Comments, questions again, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rant time. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com.
I have lived in uh, California, Nevada, New York, and North Carolina, and by the time this show goes out, I will be a resident of the state of Florida, So I and I'm not even there yet at the time we're recording this, but I'm already complaining. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Uh, the insurance situation in Florida is absolutely nuts. Homeowner's insurance, you can't get it bundled with anything else. It's just a mess. And then on top of that, uh, we we spent uh, probably two weeks trying to find insurance. And then the one company that we, we had two choices and the one company that we chose, they wanted to send out a guy to do a actual physical inspection of the house and record via drone the outside and the roof and then go inside and record everything inside the house. And the funny part was he called about a half hour before he was going to be there and said, I'm going to be there. And I'm like, well, we're here. We're not there. Um, anyway, we worked it out. But the state of Florida has got a problem when it comes to homeowners insurance in particular and car insurance. And this is just going to be something that I'm going to have to figure out and work with. And I don't know, but the state of Florida needs to do something about it because as far as I can tell, any benefits that we're going to get out of moving to the state of Florida where it's there's no personal income tax um, is getting wiped out by the high cost of insurance and uh, and some other and even uh, even property taxes are higher there. So uh, the state of Florida. Yeah, I'm as soon as I get settled, I'm going to start uh, start getting on the political bandwagon with all my uh, local politicians to say, hey, you need to do something to settle this down because uh, I don't see how a normal working class family can survive down here with the high cost of insurance and the high cost of uh, property taxes and all that. So, yeah, they got some problems. All right. And I'm going to I'm going to be there and I'm going to fix them or I'm going to smoke my pipe at them and let them think that I'm special. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, uh, thank you to Jeff for joining me. Thank you again to Steph and, uh, and thanks to all the pipe divas for being such great people. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. And for the last time from North Carolina until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Till we meet again.